Welcome to the Business That's Story Built podcast. I'm your host, Christy Bilbrey, a marketing strategist and brand story expert. My goal is to help you understand exactly what sets you apart from your competitors and how to confidently and authentically share that with the world. Your stories are what draw in your audience and keep them coming back for more of you and what you offer. In the business world, the top storytellers grow the top businesses. Let's chat about how to share your stories to grow your business. Happy New Year. With the start of the new year, there's such a big focus on change and possibility, resolutions and goals. So one thing that I think is not often addressed, which can really hold you back angles has to do with something that I talked about in my last episode, which is about pivots in business. And if you listen to that episode, I walked you through some of the strategy moves that Kanye West used when he was communicating his pivot to the public. So while having the right marketing strategy is really important in any pivot. There is another part that is equally as important. And so I think whether you're making a pivot in business or maybe you just have some really big goals and new things that you want to go after, whether that's starting a business or growing your business, I think this is extremely important to focus on. So what I decided to walk you through today is my first pivot in business. But instead of walking you through the strategy necessarily, I'm just gonna walk you through through my eyes and my heart of how that happened, how I was able to do that, because the emotion is a tricky thing. And that's what I mean. You can have the greatest marketing strategy in the world, but navigating the emotional roller coaster that naturally is going to be there anytime you're an entrepreneur, but especially when you're making a pivot, when you're first starting out, when you're making a big, bold, new move, because things rarely go to plan. So let me tell you what happened with me. And I really hope that as you listen to this, that you may be in some of the same places that I describe uh, that I was in at the beginning of my journey. And so I hope that you can um, maybe get some helpful insights in that that will help you get through this time faster, maybe go further, um, maybe just prepare yourself a little bit more. And also, you're going to hear about someone who asked me some really hard-hitting questions that I needed to, to hear because I hadn't heard them anywhere else. And that completely shifted my plan. So with that, let's dive in. Here is what life looked like for me at the time. This was several years ago. I was living in Los Angeles. I was working at one of the biggest law firms, uh, and it was located in downtown Los Angeles. And I had been there at this point, I had been there for several years, and I was ready for what came next. So I, I sat in a cubicle in marketing, and it was looking out, I had a window view, and I would look out at the other 
high rises in downtown LA and you have these huge glass buildings and I wondered so often what was going on on the other side of the glass and I wanted to be the person who was actually connecting with the client and developing this well-built strategy and I just I wanted that personal connection because the way that we worked it was very indirect I was very behind the scenes and so um, I started doing research I wanted to be smart about it And so I started doing research to see what types of businesses were growing. I wanted to make a smart move. I wanted to know where people were getting funding. I wanted to know what was growing that would also tie into my passions. So I, at the time, was really interested in what Elon Musk was doing with SpaceX. And literally, the sky was the limit with what seemed to be possible and what seemed to be changing in aviation and in um, just the technologies involved with that. I was also a surfer, kind of. I I don't want you to think I was necessarily good at that. Um, if you haven't already listened to my surfing stories episode, you can check that out. But um, the water in LA is often so dirty. And um, there were so many flights flying overhead and as surfers we were often told that it was you know jet fuel get into the water and make you know mucking it up and this is also LA right so this is there's a ton of money there's a lot of private aviation going on and I thought you know I wonder if there's an opportunity there so thankfully I worked right across the street from the central library in LA and I was able to connect with the business researcher there and he was phenomenally helpful at being able to pull all kinds of information statistics different types of data contacts businesses um, who was making what in terms of you know industries so I thought you know what there may actually be an opening at the time now it's commonplace but at the time it really was an opening because this was during the recession and people who would book a private jet to let's say fly from LA to Miami um, they're the only one on the plane, right? So that's very expensive. And there are a lot more private flights that have to happen. So I thought, okay, even if you split that with one other person or two other people, you make it much more affordable for people to be able to fly private and you, um, you're able to make it cleaner. And I had grandiose visions of you know, working with inventors to create all kinds of green tech to even move off of jet fuel. But I knew if I wanted to get started, this was a place because I didn't have to own any jets. I was just brokering the flights and trying to create a buzz about a new way to do it that I thought could be lucrative. So I was getting really excited. And I thought, okay, this is it. This is the time to create my business plan. This is the time to um, really get things ready, get capital and get it set up. So the other thing that I had the business researcher check out was where should I, where should I launch this? Where should be my home base? So I, um, you know, LA is very, very competitive. And the two 
busiest airports are Teterboro out in New Jersey and Van Nuys outside of LA. And so I knew I didn't want to be in one of those two places, but I wanted to be somewhere lucrative that had growth potential. So something that came up on the radar of research was Seattle, because it's still a large city. It still has all kinds of flights within the US and abroad to Asia and Europe, obviously Canada, Mexico, Hawaii. So I thought, okay, this shows great potential. Now I need to go up there and see what I can find out. And so I literally booked a flight by myself to fly up there for five days. I had no industry experience. I had no contacts. I mean, the business researcher, we were able to find just a few, but mostly it was, okay, go to the main airports and try to just hit the ground running and find contacts and see who lets me in and will actually talk to me. And I thought, okay, if I'm going to do this, I want to go at the worst time of year possible because I know I would love the summers there. Those are beautiful. And so I heard January was the worst time of year. So I thought, perfect, January is coming up. I am going to fly there for a week in January and just see what happens. So I went up there and I went to SeaTac, which is the main airport there, and Bellingham, which is a small airport with private aviation, just to see who I could meet, no scheduled appointments. And I was really relying on the kindness of gatekeepers and my ability to just quickly find the right places, right people, and hoping that people would be impressed just that I was bold enough to come up there and try to make this happen. And uh, just that they would be curious to know why is this person doing this? What's going on? And that they would be willing to meet with me, give me kind of the lay of the land of the industry there in Seattle so that I could set myself up for future, future partnerships, referrals, and just help me get a better sense of exactly how to position my business. Honestly, part of me was could barely believe that I was even doing this. And the other part of me was extremely excited and just couldn't wait. So surprisingly, one of the top people at the Bellingham airport agreed to meet with me and it was totally on the fly. And he was curious, like, why are you up here doing this? And so I told him what what I was up to. And he was actually really helpful. He gave me a lot of ideas, contacts, and um, said that he would be happy to stay in touch and help me further. So that was perfect. And when I was at SeaTac, which is the main airport in Seattle, the receptionist was very sweet, very helpful, trying to find somebody to meet with me who could help me and just thought what I was doing was so brave. She was an older woman, just really sweetheart. And uh, so a guy came out there and he gave me a few tips, but he did recommend probably Bellingham would be the, the best place for me to make contacts, but he still agreed to stay in touch and gave me some ideas. So I was off to a great start, and I also just wanted to check out the city and see if this was somewhere I could see myself living. So I had a friend up there, and 
we went out to eat, drove around and, you know, saw some of the main places. And I just, you know, I played tourist for some of the time that I was there. If you've been up there, obviously I went to the Space Needle. I went to Pike Place Market. I even did this underground tour and I, I loved it. I thought, oh my gosh, I could totally see myself living here. If this is what it is the worst time of the year, I know I'm going to love it the best time of the year. So I felt like it had been a really successful trip and I went back to LA and part of me was excited that now I thought, yes, I am ready to start building out this plan and getting ready to launch this, find capital. But here's the thing. I was at a really stressful full-time job and I was on the board of a small nonprofit and a lot of times small nonprofits, the board members are extremely active and busy as volunteers really helping it keep going. So I had that going on. I was also very involved volunteering at church and had a social life. So I was trying to squeeze this in and it was getting really frustrating and it got to the point where I didn't know how in the world I was gonna make this happen. So I was on the phone with my sister and I was just venting and complaining that I I didn't know if this was ever going to actually take place, that this was this new dream in me and how was I ever gonna make it happen with all this stuff going on? <laughs> and she... I felt like out of nowhere just said, you know what? You're tired of your job. You're not dating anybody. Why don't you just move home, live with mom and dad for a few months and hash out your plan and get it figured out? And I was so shocked. I just laughed at her. I'm like, that's the craziest thing ever. There's no way I can just walk away from this. And she said, okay. But it stayed with me. And that night I thought, oh my gosh, she's right. What am I doing? Why am I staying here? So I devised a plan to leave my job and, you know, tie up loose ends so I could move out of LA and move back to my parents' house. And I was going to move there for three months, make my plan, get everything ready and move. Well, not long after I was home, I got in touch with my cousin who lives in Texas and he sold jet fuel for private aviation. So he had a ton of contacts in the industry. And when we spoke, he said, you know, if you're really serious about this, the national convention is happening in Vegas. I think it was like maybe two weeks away. It was like somewhere between one and two weeks away from the time that we talked. And it's called NBAA, the National Business Aviation Association. And I had a mentor um, that I had just established in Phoenix who had a catering business and she let me work out of her conference room so I could get out of the house and really focus on building this business plan. And she was really excited cheering for me. And I said, you know, I am trying to make my money stretch as far as possible but I'm wondering if I should go on this trip. And she said, absolutely, you have to do this. This is the only way you're going to know if this is really for you. And this is where you're going to make a ton of contacts. You have to do this. So I did it. My cousin was able to get me a pass into the convention for free. So that was great. So I booked a flight and I booked, um, I booked a room. And I went and 
my cousin was amazing. He started connecting me, introducing me to people, and I actually was able to meet people from Seattle who I didn't have a chance to meet while I was there. And there was one person in particular who he introduced me to, and um, he seemed to know everyone in the industry, and he had a ton of experience. He'd done several, worked in several different areas, and really seemed to know the ins and outs. And he took me really seriously, and this is where he started asking me the tough questions. He said, why are you really doing this? Like, I get you want to do something that involves your passions and you see an opportunity here, but why this? What are you hoping to gain? And I told him that I really wanted a lifestyle business because I felt like I was too busy and I wanted something where I could find the right person, settle down, have a family, and do this from home and work on my own schedule. <laughs> He said, then this is not the industry for you. And he proceeded to tell me about, you know, the bulk of the people who fly private. A lot of them are celebrities or CEOs. They have a ton of money and they're accustomed to people working around their schedule at any time of day. So you might find out at 10 o'clock at night that you have a 6 a.m. flight and you have to get catering set up and get a pilot and get everything ready to go at midnight. And he said, that is just a reality of the job. He said, I lost a wife and a girlfriend. So if you're hoping to have a stable family life, then this is going to be pretty tough. So honestly, I was thankful that he was that open about it because I needed to hear that. And I wasn't hearing that anywhere else. But he said, regardless, if you still want to keep pursuing this, then um, I said, what do I need to do to be taken seriously in this industry? And he said, I'm going to be honest with you. If you have no industry experience, you will not be taken seriously in this. You have to get some sort of industry experience. And we talked about, okay, what would be the best approach to succeed um, in my desired niche? So he he really asked me questions and I I didn't get the answers that I wanted. I mean, me, myself, I was the one answering these, but he, they were the answers that I needed. And I, he told me, you know, you have to get some sort of industry experience to be taken seriously. And he said, the two busiest airports are Teterboro in New Jersey and Van Nuys in LA. I mean, just outside of LA. And so he said, there's a guy here who I know who is at Van Nuys and I will see if he can hire you so that you can get some experience, even if it's just for six months or a year to start making contacts, really understand the industry and be taken seriously to launch your own business. So, I mean, it was like bing, bang, boom. We that night were at an event and he's like, there's the guy. And he walks over there, he introduces me and he did most of the talking. He's like, here's what she's all about. Here's what she's trying to do. Do you have a spot for her? Like literally he asked the guy on the spot to hire me. The guy heard what he said and he said, sure. And I have to tell you in that moment, my stomach dropped. Like I got this pit in my stomach and I thought, what in the world is happening? I just got the right opportunity so that I can actually realize my dream. Why do I suddenly feel like I cannot pull the trigger on this? And I was really surprised by this 
But in that moment, when an opportunity was presented to me on a silver platter, I just, something inside of me said, I couldn't move back to LA, at least not right then. It was so unexpected. But what happened, what I was realizing that was within a few weeks of moving back to Phoenix, I really liked being near family a lot more. I mean, it, it helped. I knew that I liked being around family, but it held me there more than I thought it was. And I realized I wasn't willing to leave, not even for the right opportunity to get the experience I needed to make my dream come true. So I got home from my trip and I was kind of in a daze. It was like, what did I just do? I just shot down the perfect opportunity. But you know what? If I had not gone on that trip, if I hadn't been asked those questions and handed this position, I don't know how long it would have taken me to realize that I was pursuing the wrong business for me. And I feel like emotionally in my heart, I knew that before it was totally connecting with my head, but it was almost like until you're forced into that situation where you have to either pull the trigger or not, are you going to do it? And it's no longer just a an idea, a fantasy, a dream that you have. It's like, this is when it's either going to become real or not. So I came to that realization and there I was back in Phoenix, back to square one. I mean, really square one. In LA, when I was at square one, I still had my full-time job and my adult life that I had spent building. Now I was back in the house where I grew up without a job and needed to figure out what the heck do I do next? Well, since this episode is getting a little bit longer, I am going to leave it there for now. And the next episode is going to pick up and give you the last part of the story, um, really the second half of the story and how I ended up moving into my marketing strategy business. But I'm not totally trying to leave you hanging because I hope that these questions that I was asked that I've shared with you and some of this thought process and maybe one of the steps that you're at in your journey is where I was in this story. And I would just encourage you to think about that and think about, is this exactly what you want to be doing? And is it the way you want to be doing it? Because it needs to line up. Trust me when I say that you want to find out as early on as possible, whether or not what you are doing, what you are hoping to do, whether it's a new business or a pivot, you want to make sure that that's not something that you think you want to do, but in reality isn't, you need to really do a gut check and make sure. And if you have someone around you who's been through it or who's in the industry you want to get into, talk to them. Find someone who will ask you some tough questions and make sure that this is right for you. All right. Well, with that, I hope that I leave you with something to think about as you are building your dreams. I want them to be really sound and exactly what you should be doing. And I can't wait to come back next time and tell you what happened. So with that, happy storytelling. 
If you're tired of wondering how and where to share your brand story to grow your business, join my upcoming Brand Story Bootcamp, an online small group program to give you the clarity you need to confidently and clearly share your business wherever you go. We start at the very beginning with which pieces of your story really matter to your audience, how to bring them together, and you'll get my guidance and teachings to create your about page, a pitch template to help you get in front of bigger audiences faster, and several other key marketing pieces that you're gonna need to grow your business now. To join the waitlist for more details, go to bit.ly forward slash story dash list. That's bit.ly forward slash story dash list.